0: Dave's Psych Lectures, part of the Thunderbird 6 Podcasting Network. So last time we were talking about uh, variants. Uh, spread. Um, so what are we going to continue that? And then we'll get on and talk to talk a bit about my hypothesis testing uh, later on. So the population parameters for so variance of have big N on the bottom, and I mentioned this last time. Um... Remember, those are actual characteristics. Those are real things. A parameter is a characteristic of something, uh, of a a population. Um, The sample statistics, of course, have n minus 1. And this is because we want to have an unbiased estimator of the population. That's what we're trying to do with our sample statistics. We want an unbiased estimator. Okay? Which leads to be one statistics joke. There is one. These two unbiased estimators running from each other in a bar. And the first one says to the other, How do you like being married? And the other one says, It's okay as long as you don't mind losing your degree of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, there aren't any statistics jokes. <laughs> statistics, the field for people that find accountancy just a little bit too exciting. Um, so all you've done here, you then, the degree of freedom, I talked about this last time. Because the numbers don't know where they came from, you have set up a, and, and because you set up a restriction, such that those numbers must sum to a certain number, right? So if our average has to be 10, or 5, or whatever, or let's even say, maybe even easier, you see, they have to sum to 10, they all get shock. So, if sum it to 10, and you got, say, four numbers to make it even easier. If they have to sum it to 10, and you go like, okay, numbers are 3 and 7 and minus 2, and now finally, and I just picked those, the final number, let's see, has to be 2. It has to be. It's fixed. The other three numbers are free to vary. And I know it's a little bit of an odd thing to think of, that numbers are free to vary, but the numbers don't know where they came from. Right? They're just numbers. And you've set a restriction on them to make the calculation. That restriction is what they sum to. In other words, the mean, because it's the sum of the divided by numbers. numbers. So we've lost the degree of freedom. That's what the degrees of freedom are just the freedom. Numbers have to vary. Question so far? So the sample statistics then look like this. We call it S squared equals X minus X bar squared square over N minus 1. That's the sum of those. Here, we just do that and we take the square root of it. That's true. Variance, standard deviation. Some of the square deviations divided by the number of observations minus one. Okay, and that's the we term sums of square That you will you will hear a lot of in this course. But you will have heard when you talked about variance between in twenty one twenty six or, or, or Paul or Dean um, you know, or whoever taught you twenty one twenty six. Uh, me, that was a long time I taught that in a few years. The last time I taught there. Yeah? That was like three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Same time the last time I taught intro. I yeah. used to love teaching Because 20 <coughs> it's it's not a hard course to teach, because there's very few times where you get like people ask questions you yeah. go, I don't know. Because <laughs> it's pretty basic. But um, on the other hand, it's. Uh it can be a challenge for for something. So you probably remember those formulas, and if you don't, I mean, again, think about it, they're really pretty intuitive. Some of the squared deviations from the mean divided by the degrees of freedom. Pretty intuitive, I think. So in our case, this is what the numbers we had, which were, what, 13, uh, sorry, 1, 5, 9, 20, and 30. Do the math, we get 11.5. <coughs> Arithmetic, that's not Do Arithmetic, see the pluses and the takeaways. You have a calculator that actually has standard deviation on it. Uh, I have one of those. Um, they're not it's not a fancy calculator. It would cost me $18 uh, the day I started graduate school. The day before, I guess. And I was actually in the line at the UFT bookstore, I still have this thing. I was in the line at the UFT bookstore, I had no money. And they wouldn't take a check. And this was before Interact. This was back, and the dinosaurs had ruled the Earth very recently. Um, and actually, my TA at the time, the guy who was the TA for the graphic stats course, lent me the money to buy this calculator. Um, the only thing you'll find a lot of times a calculator is instead of saying the, the variance key will look like this and say, "It's like three hundred swings." Okay. So sometimes you'll see this in a calculator. You'll see. It'll say instead of saying uh, s squared and s, it might say this and that. It's actually a completely incorrect notation, and it's really annoying. Uh, that's a population parameter. It can't use n minus one. a wall. You might see that. I know mine says that. Does a nice job. i doing this business. Just keep in mind that doesn't sigma sub n minus one doesn't actually mean anything. You see it calculator's the time. Frankly though, you know, you don't need a calculator that does fancy statistics. You need a four-function calculator that does square roots. You know, like you can get that. You probably have apps on your phones that do those things. Okay, for the population then, and that's where this comes in. This is this is capital sigma. This is small sigma. This is lowercase sigma. So we call it sigma squared and sigma. Note the capital X, that means these are real numbers, that doesn't mean they're statistics. And note the Greek letter for the parameter, that means it's a parameter, not a statistic. So it's the sum of the X's minus mu, the grand mean, squared over the number of, ob- number of uh, observations in the population. Okay? So this is a real characteristic. And if we aren't est- why do you not have N minus 1 here? We aren't estimating anything. We have not put a restriction on the numbers. Those are all the damned numbers. That's all of them. There are no restrictions on this, because it's population parameter. This is not an estimate, a sample statistic. OK? Questions so far? Making sense? You've probably seen all this before. I know Jenny's seen this actual slide except that there wasn't a keynote, it was in power. So how did the variance distribution uh, affected by extreme scores? There's two batches of numbers. Our regular batch. Well, so one batch number is 9, 20, 30. 11.85 is the age, <coughs> assuming I did the arithmetic properly. Let's start a new number, big crazy one, with 729. So pick something big. So now we have 1, 729. Our new mean is 132.3. Remember our mean here was like what, 13? So that's not kind of a lot. Or magnitude a lot. Our new variance, so it's now uh, 85,555.067. It's gone from 100 and whatever. 114 or something. So understand. of is 292.5. So you can see that the, 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 the variance <laughs> in standard deviation are really heavily affected by extreme scores. Extreme! Harold hey, and Kumar reference for you. I love that Kumar, Harold and Kumar, was funny that, you know, those movies are great. He's good at a the house. Then he goes and becomes a special aide to Barack Obama. But then he takes time off from that job and works on the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie that goes backwards for Obama again. I think that's just full of awesome. So you see what's happened here? It's just increased a great deal. Right? Questions so far, is it good? Just take for granted that I did the arithmetic properly. Right? It, there may be a mistake there. But I, I think I used my calculator with the fancy standard deviation button. Yeah, Jane? What's
1: your point? We, like you made. Oh, I don't have points for any of these things. Oh, go ahead, sorry. I, I mean, you put in a higher number and
0: everything went up. We have an extreme score, though. And you have to remember, in practical, in practical terms, there are going to be times when, in fact, you might not want to use something like standard deviation. It's rare. But it will happen where you don't want to use something. A statistic like this. The same thing happens with the mean. We're talking about central tendency. Um, and you'll hear the word average thrown around a lot, which is fine because it just means, it can mean median or it can mean mean. Mean, mean, mean. Let's say we were, well, our union this year is in negotiation again for, for our new contract. Don't worry, there's no chance we're going It's exceedingly unlikely. Now, I don't know what our average salary is, but I'm going to make something. Okay. Let's say the average salary of an Alabama university professor is $75,000 a year. It's probably not too far off. Let's, it's something like that. I'm not sure. Okay. I can tell you that would be below the potential average. It's almost certainly below. Let's just say that we have one person, and we don't. I'm making this up. Let's say we had one person that was making a lot of money as a professor. You know, I mean a lot. When I say a lot, I mean 400 grand. Uh, there aren't professors to make that kind of money. But <laughs> there are ones that make, you know, at some schools, 200, and that's because they're famous, and they say, if you don't keep paying me a whole lot of money, I'm going somewhere else. Or there are people that could say, oh, I'll just go into private business. you know. Or there are you know, law professors a lot of times, sometimes medicine professors if they're full-time medical professors. Say, so, you know, pay me a quarter million dollars a year, or I'll make half a million a year, name a doctor, you know? Okay. So let's say that we had that. Now, again, and we don't tend to work this way around here, but let's say it got ugly and we started negotiating, not just on the uh, uh, the negotiating room there, but we also started doing it through the media. I've been through a negotiation like that in Newfoundland, where it gets up. The administration comes out and says... You know the average salary of an Algonquin University professor is $104,000 a year, because they put in that guy who makes $400,000, and then we say, "No, that's about $75,000." And we're actually neither of us are lying. One of them—they're using the mean; we're using the median. In that case, actually, the median—it seems to me—makes more sense because it isn't affected by extreme scores, right? On the other hand, if there were a whole bunch of people making hardly any money, you know, I remember my, my my salary when I started started with a three. Yep, a three. I mean, less than a cure every year. I guess it wasn't crazy to make those children. 38, 861 for salary. And made more as a postdoc. Anyway, um, if you had a whole bunch of people who made threes, the union would go, the average salary is only $42,000 a year because they didn't hire a bunch of guys, <laughs> Jeez, right? So you've got to keep that in mind. That's why. You can look at some of these measures, and there are times when you're not going to want to use something like standard deviation. You're going to be in some trouble if you can't use it. It may be the case in this situation that we go, "What the hell is that number doing there? We just don't use it because it, maybe it's not actually from the same population. It's from something else." Right? Well, the it mean is affected by the extreme scores, so, so, so standard deviation. Because standard deviation is a function of the it mean, it's actually in the formula. almost anything where two sides are saying, are arguing about numbers, and they're usually both right. (laughs) Like, if we said the average household income was going up in Canada, which I'm almost (coughs) certain it must be, because just inflation (laughs) happens, just by raw numbers, um... Let's think, here's an example. Let's think about um, the whole uh, Occupy thing. Now, in, which may make the whole 1% thing, which in the States actually does follow because, in fact, they, there are a small percentage of people that make a lot of money. In Canada, it's not quite like that. The income disparity isn't really as big. There aren't a whole lot of corporate CEOs here making $38 million a year. They just aren't, it doesn't work that way here. But if you take off that, quote, 1%, suddenly the average income isn't nearly as high as it was, because you've taken off a whole lot of people making a great deal of money in the States. Right? In Canada, it's a little bit different, because as I said, we just don't have, the disparity in Canada isn't, I'm not saying there isn't any, right? But it's not nearly as big as it is in the States, not even remotely the same. But people get all their news from the States and believe we live. anyway. that's enough political content for today. How can we use this uh, to our advantage? Well, if we know that the mean and the variance are affected by extreme scores, there is something we can use, which we hope people hardly ever use, which is a shame. That's called the coefficient of variation, um, or CV. This is coming up slow. Uh, this is from United. I think this is in the book. Um, so we have two groups given a test. One group studies, one group doesn't study. And the group that studies gets 69.6. Their standard deviations 10.6. Um, one group doesn't study, and that means 46 points. This is a certain surprise. You You don't study. You don't do as well. And their standard is lower. Well, is this because of extreme scores? Because the scores are bigger than this, right? Is that why the standard deviations are different? You can actually conclude here, in fact, and rightfully so, just by those numbers, that there's more variation in in results when people study. And more variation would mean there's more people doing really well and more people doing really poorly. That's weird. We all tell you to study. And maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should all just, you know, oh, a there's a chance if you, don't, if you do if you're going to suck. Wow, that's not good. I hope you see that, that I'm setting up what's called a strong man. Uh, the coefficients of variation, and what these are uh, simply is if you take the standard deviation and we divide it by the mean. We're just standardizing it. We take the standard deviation, divide by the mean, and we get 0.152 for the study group and 0.146 for the non study group. In other words, and what that does because it standardized it with the mean, it actually is a way to compare two variances, varying or standard deviations um, in a rough way. More of this sort of exploratory data analysis, but this would then tell you, in fact, that the variant variation here is simply due <laughs> to the fact that the mean's higher. It's not due to people showing more variance when they study, which we don't really want. So I've just taken the standard deviation and divided it by the mean. Because the standard deviation is a function of the mean. Right? Standard deviation divided by the mean? Yep. Okay. you. So because standard deviation is a function of the mean, it's a way to standardize two sets of scores so we can compare these two things. Right? So that's all you're doing there. Your parts are putting them on the same scale. And you can see here they're almost identical. In fact, if you round this up, they're both one. You want to go to two decimal places? They're 0.15 and 0.15. They're exactly the same. By the way, that work was done by a Facebook friend of mine, which is interesting. It's funny how everybody's a Facebook friend, yeah. It's a, a profit lesser. But he's very funny. <coughs> All right. Questions about that? Make sense. Oh. Didn't really show, show up. The yeah, it's gonna be nation divided by me, that's what that says.
1: How do you know when to use that. Again, this is one of those
0: exploratory data analysis tools. So you would use this when you're looking at two sets of data. And this is a case where you probably, if you were comparing these two sets of data, I can tell you right now that, what uh, is that here? Those would probably not be significantly different. I don't know the number of subjects. But you might make a conclusion by looking at that that... That standard deviation is much bigger than this one. I mean, it really is. It's almost twice the size, one and a half times the size. This shouldn't really be that crazily different, you would think. And then you come to the conclusion conceivably that there's more variance in studying performance than non studying, and that would be a troubling result right? So in this case, you would say, what the hell's going on? And you might use the CV and say, oh, I see what's going on. It's just the fact that we have a, a bigger mean That's the only reason that happened. Yeah. So you, you would use it almost always just, just for that kind of situation. It's <laughs> just looking at it. This wouldn't violate, if you were to graduate students, say, a t test, this wouldn't violate the homogeneity of variance assumption or anything like that. You'd be fine. I mean, it technically does, but not enough to be a problem. Good question. Other questions? OK. I love those transitions. I really like it. Remember, we want to learn about populations, not samples. Um, but, and we estimate population parameters with sample statistics. Right? And that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to estimate. <laughs> the statistics themselves are great. To, we, we, we have to use them. We have no choice. We, don't, we can't use populations. We almost always aren't going to get all the data. It's... And it's also impractical and usually not necessary. We really care about populations, but we have samples. It's like when they do a, a, a political poll, and they say you know this party's ahead of this party. They aren't. They don't really care about the fifteen hundred people they survey. They care about the whole country or the you know the population of likely voters. What we want are unbiased estimations of parameters. That's what we want. Oops, go back. Oh no, I screwed up. No, it's too slow. And we did that. Any questions about that as it slowly comes up? That's what looking for. Unbiased estimators, off rounders. Right? We don't really care about the sample. Okay. Now, we can take numbers, batches of numbers, uh, distributions, the, 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 all the scores, all the values the scores to and we can transform them. A couple of... Um, um, the E means expected value. Expected value is the value you would get if you did something a billion times a bazillion, an infinite number of times. Long-term average, maybe you call that. And Adver- variance means variance. So we have a, a variable called x. Okay? And we've added k to it. k is a constant. x can take all kinds of numbers. It's a variable. So we can keep all kinds of values. Right? k is a constant. It, it stays the same. So what's going to happen then is that if we take X plus k, the expected value is x bar plus k. In other words, the average value for X is X bar. The average value for K is K because K is a constant it's always the same. So if we took all your scores, let's say that let's say on, a, on, a, on an on intro psych test, and this happens in intro psych. The average is 51. And then we all look, this, 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 whenever this happens, whoever's teaching a troll brings it to, around to every room in the department. And goes, you can't look at my test. Is it hard? And you go, no. Did anybody do well? Yeah, a couple people did, you know, some of the 80s and 90s. Average is 52. Jeez, what should I do? Well, you could say, I'd like your average for at least 60. So if it's 52, you just add 8 to everybody's score. And now you get an average of 60. Right? we have taken all the score. Every score. So if you got 93, we had 8. We got 101. If you got 4, now you got 12. So we had 8 to the scores. score. said 8, right? But if the average is 52, we had 8. You average 60. Now the variance of x plus k, have we changed the shape of the distribution at all? No. Because if you're if you were 7 away from the mean before, you're still seven away from the mean, except your scores also going up by 8. So if you think of like the distribution of scores is like this, this is on the distribution right now. Okay. And I move over this way, hasn't changed the shape. Right? Now this, by the way, is never how I, and the only time I ever do this, by the way, is an in intro psych. This is never how I change numbers, uh, change test scores, because I don't think it's fair. Because I think it rewards people with did more poorly, a higher percentage. Like If you got 8, your score just doubled. If you got 90, it went up by, well, 8 out of 90, 11%. It's not fair. So I never do it that way. I multiply times a constant. So I figure out, what do I have to multiply by all the scores to get a mean of, say, 60? That's what I do. And that's what happens here. So if I take all your scores and multiply times, like, one point whatever, go from 52 to 60... 1.2-ish, a little less than 1.2. What happens to the mean? Well, it goes up x bar times k. k is the constant. Now, the variance in this case it actually changed the shape of the distribution. If I multiply times a number greater than 1, my distribution actually spreads out more. Because the extremes... Get bigger. Multiply times letter. Remember, less than one, it it tightens up some. But the variance equals s squared times k squared. That's just the variance times k. Let's say multiply times 4 times 16. is k squared. 4 squared is 16. Okay? And remember, variance is a squared quantity. So we're going to square. So, what's going to happen? What's the standard deviation going to be? When I multiply times a constant, the square root of what is it? Square root of s squared times k squared. That's k. K. So, let's say it was 3, and I multiply times 4. Now it's going to be 12, but the variance is going to be uh, 9 times 16. 144. Okay. Does that make sense? All I've done is multiply all the numbers times a constant? Or I've added a constant to it? All right. Okay. It's funny at the top. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look good at all. Okay, that's good. Plan. So over here. Okay, so the next we'll do hypothesis testing. I think is the next one on the list. Okay. So um, again, this is stuff that. So now we're almost, um, we're a good month and a half into twenty one in two days, a day and a half. But you've all been through that before. So let's talk about hypothesis testing. Um, there are three things we need to say to say we have a causal relationship. And all we care about in science, besides grant funding, that's a little, little science joke there, uh, is to say we have a causal relationship, that X causes Y. If we can say that, we're happy. That's what we want to do. We need temporal precedence. Causes come before effects. Right? Don't give me some postmodern bullshit, but causes come before effects. We need the elimination of alternative explanations. Uh, these, by the way, you can handle pretty well with it's experimental design. Those aren't statistical problems. Um, eh, I guess they kind of are too, but yeah, mostly they're, they're, they're things you can design. And covariation. In other words, the cause changes with the effect. Right? I'm sure you've heard this before. I think most of you have taken 2127. 20 you know that those are important things <coughs> to happen for the causal relationship thingy the body. That's a tactic. So the first two are easily dealt with with design. Right? And I'm not going to talk, even you know the course is called design analysis, I'm not going to talk about um, research design, really, in that kind of, at that level. You've done that, and you know it. Okay, so I need to have some numbers. I don't know what I'm measuring here. Group one and group two, that's what it is. It's group one and group two. I don't know. We can take something out. Perhaps their scores on some sort of test. Uh, Is that specific enough for you? Yes. Scores on some sort of test. Group uh, two got 71.6, standard deviation of 8.56. Group one, and then have has 66.2, standard deviation of 7.85. Okay. Just your basic made up data. Doesn't matter, really. Here's the question you can ask me. Okay. This is, let's pretend the population for these two groups looks like this. Let's just pretend. It's, it's less pretend time. It's like Romper Room. I see Jenny. Okay. Don't watch Romper is this still work? It's like, going? It's A, it's a, it's a, it's a dream. So you can find the electric company with uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's not nearly as good the one with Morgan Freeman. This Morgan Freeman. There should be a button on your TV where you can just click a button and everything is being narrated by Morgan Freeman. <laughs> the news, there's like a. That should be like a codec you can just plug in. Or Morgan Freeman's voice, the whole thing. he's got the greatest voice ever. Pretty sure there's no God, but if there is, he talks just like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> or maybe uh, James Earl Jones. So I'm saying God's a black guy, it seems to me. A black American actor. Okay, pop culture influences me, all right? All right. So let's just pretend that 72 is the mean. And this is why I do use PowerPoint. See what I just did? I can make it smaller. Now, could these two sets of scores, if you can look at the one's got to be a seventy-one point whatever, and the other's got to be a sixty-six point whatever, could they have come from this distribution just by random chance? I think the mean, uh, the standard deviation of this distribution, by the way, uh, is probably eight. If that's what I said about the Good then. Well, what do you think? Could both those sets of scores come from there? Remember, we're pretending we know the population. Never know. But we're pretending we do. If we knew everything, like say Morgan Freeman does. Or maybe James Earl Jones. And let's pretend we know. What do you think? What's it looking like? You think nothing? You understand the question? You think both these sets, I'm going to pick something very short. You think these two sets of scores. Could both come from this distribution? Lisa, what do you think? Sure. Okay, why? I don't have a reason. Let's see, That's no good. Marcy, what do you think? See distribution, um. Just by random chance. Like, there's variants in the scores. Like, we, we see that. One group has one mean, one group has another. But could that just be dumb luck if they if, if the world actually works like this? <coughs> Where this is the population could they both come from here. What do you think? Are, I want, I want like a gut-feeling kind of answer, but a little bit of logic. What do you think? You're also not sure. Do you, do you think yes or no, though? Um, no. Okay, you say no. All right. Um, yes. You think so? And why do you think so? Well, we don't know.
1: I don't know what the
0: population is, but we don't, we're pretending we don't. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if
1: it's by random chance and the
0: population is um, Looks like this, yeah, yeah. Then uh, you could have any score in there, right? Or you any. could, but what the most likely score is what, seventy-two? What the mean is seventy-one, don't you? I think it was on sixty-six. That's right there. Those are pretty likely scores. Okay? They're pretty likely scores. It's not like we have one group that has a mean of four. Would you think that a group with a mean of four would come from that distribution? No. No, I don't, I, I don't think so. Or 3009. No, I don't see how that, that's possible. It's possible. It's so vanishingly unlikely that I reject it out of hand. possible that it's very unlikely. It's very likely, just by looking at this, again, we never know this. Taylor's right. We don't usually know this stuff, but if we do, we look at that, you know, they probably both come from there. I can't say with confidence that it doesn't come from there. Seems pretty likely to me. I mean, don't you think so? Do you see why I'm saying that? we got one group 66, one group 71, point whatever, not 72. Those are really in a meaty part of this curve, aren't they? They are at the extremes. Extreme. I'm saying that. I'll stop that at some point. Hey. Okay. In around 2014. Do you see why it seems? I mean, it seems to me that they must, or they could, they could. All I need is a could. I need a reasonable chance of this happening. And if it's reasonable enough, you're not know, going to say eh, they come from the same place. They come from the same place. They both come from this. They're both from that distribution. They're from, some, they're from two different distributions. They're both from here. Take a look at this. Now, what do we got? Price counts to say numbers. What if one of the means was 50. Yeah, it was seventy-one point whatever the hell it was. Call seventy-two. The other one's around fifty. Take a look at that distribution. Would you now say they both come from that same distribution? I think we'd all be pretty confident in saying oh, it's possible, but it's unlikely. It's unlikely. How is it possible? Oh look, fifty for goes there. What oh, happened? Happen one day I might have one say Bolt could happen. It's vanishing; it's even less likely than that. But I mean, it's the same sort of thing. Where think about this: if we were to just randomly select people from class or from school, then, and we're going to measure their height, we could just by dumb luck it is possible to get the twelve guys on the men's basketball team, and then we would say the average height of an Algoma University student is six foot six and a half. It's possible, but it's pretty unlikely. We could also get a whole bunch of the short people. I don't know what a short people club or something. Is there a team you have to be short? I don't think so. The spelunking team. Seriously, <laughs> uh, a silly crawling out caves. You have to be kind of small. I'm guessing. Perhaps the curling team is short. I don't know. I like that Anything you get better at while drinking and smoking isn't a sport. But that's a whole other thing. curling's um, <laughs> kind of iffy. That. Darts is not a sport. Just saying. So do you see what I'm trying to... The point I make here is <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't know this, we could then say no, those two come from that distribution. We never know this, by the way. But if we did, we would conclude, I think, sensibly, they both quite possibly come from that distribution, right? Okay. We just made a decision there. If the chance is relatively small, usually less than a 5% chance, and because that's a, that was actually a probability distribution, we can actually make probabilistic statements. How often in your life do you get to say, I'm going to make a guess and I have a chance, I have a chance that I'm wrong. It's not very often. It's the beauty of statistics. You know the chance that you made a mistake. So the chance does to say 5%. It's unlikely that difference happened by random chance alone and we therefore say we have a statistically significant effect. Okay? So when I say the difference happened by chance alone it's just because we have a Distribution of possible scores. And not all the scores are gonna be the same. And if the grammar was something, that same population, we could get two groups. One would mean a 71 point whatever, one of them mean a 66 point whatever. Not well, that was very difficult. It wouldn't surprise you. <coughs> right? Questions? This is a kind of a key point in understanding this. Did, did you sort of see the logic of what I was doing there? And again, remembering we don't, we, we don't ever really know the population parameters. Without statistical significance, we have no correlation or covariation, and therefore we have no X, Y, positive why do, we have to, why do you have to learn statistics? Because if you don't, you're never going to know when you have a causal relationship or not. That's why it's an important thing to know. All right. Questions so far? We set up two mutually exclusive hypotheses. Mutually exclusive just means you can't have both. It can be one or the other. Um, we set up H O with an null hypothesis. Sometimes called H uh, sub O. Sometimes back before this meant something else, it was called whole. And I'll say that again. Because people think you're saying something mean. It's just whole. And hot. Huh. People you say whole and hot, you don't say. Sometimes it's called H1. I usually call it H sub A or H A. The alternative hypothesis. HO means but no, nothing happened. There's no effect. They come from the same population. There's no difference. All those things make exactly the same thing. I just use different words. H A or H. Huh, Well, term hypothesis, they come from different populations. There was an effect. The means are different. Etc., etc., etc. All meaning the same thing. Those are two. You can't be both of these. You can never prove this, by the way. You can never prove that nothing happened. You can just say you have no evidence that anything happened. It's illogical. You can't, like, for example, like you can't prove the hypothesis, right? You can't say, like, if there are no is there's no Santa Claus, right? It's got to be the null, non-existence, and our alternative is there is a Santa. Claus. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa. Claus. Now, if I go to the North Pole and I don't see Santa Claus, right? Doesn't mean he's not. doesn't mean there's no Santa. It means I don't find it. Now, if I don't find it enough, it starts to become kind of a, waste of a giant waste of time. And it's pretty clear there's no Santa Claus. We can't for sure say. As soon as one time I see him, the one time, the one magical time, then there's a Santa Claus. Right? So you always assume something isn't there, we need proof. So that's how science works. So we assume there's no effect, and then if we see an effect, we say, oh, there is an effect. Right? But you never accept the null hypothesis. You never say it's just don't reject it. It's kind of like in a court of law, people aren't found innocent, they're found not guilty. No one's proved innocent. Right? O.J. Simpson was found not guilty, yet he killed his wife. I'm pretty sure of that. I'm just saying. I know it's getting to be an old reference, but it's still something. You should go back and read it. He killed his wife. It's pretty clear. That's a rush for two thousand yards one year in the NFL. A guy I know said, "There's no way he killed his wife. He won the Heisman Trophy and rushed for two thousand yards one second. See, that's not. That's not how it works had people come in all kinds of, <laughs> of shoes and sizes and stripes and what have you. We can make mistakes like O.J. getting off because he killed his wife. If I mention that? He's in jail now. I think he's going to sue And I also don't think he's listening. Hey, Orinthal, you killed your wife. Um. Okay. We never know this stuff with yeah, we can get to the point where it's pretty damn clear. You know, the Santa question—that's pretty clear. There's actually a—it's funny. Santa Claus is a giant conspiracy. Have you ever thought about that? It's parents all over the Christmas celebrating world in a conspiracy to lie to their—the schools are involved. It sounds like if you didn't—if you change it from Santa Claus to like the JFK assassination or one of these 9/11 theories, you go, oh, come on. But with Santa, we're all involved. (laughs) In our family, we had a debate about this because I I wanted the kids to believe in Santa Claus. This was before I became much um, uh, more—what's the word I'm looking for—radically empirical about everything. And Isabel said, "Well, I never had Santa Claus, kid." I said, "Fine, I'm going to tell Maddie there's Santa Claus, and you can tell there isn't. I don't care." Maddie just totally accepted Santa Claus. It was, it was the I said, you think it's just Santa Claus? He said, You're Santa Claus. He said, Well done, son, that's good. Remember the thing you figured out, There's no Santa? Mm-hmm. Anyway, you, you all figured out or we told? Because it's worse if somebody tells you. Right? It's fun when you're the older brother or sister, and your parents say, you. you're not part of the conspiracy. We're letting you in. Letting you in right? We're letting you in. Because I, I got I lost a tooth, eh? I was five. I lost a tooth and I, 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 there was no tooth fairy money the next day. And I, was, I remember, I specifically remember, I was sitting on my parents' bed. And my dad was putting like a suit on. He was a banker then. And he was getting all dressed, cooked on his a nice suit. Probably had flared legs and the you know, wide well, It was like, a, it would have been 1907. And I said, to Dad, I didn't get any tooth fairy money. And he's like, goes into his pocket, and he's like, and I was like, like well, like, sorry, kid, here's your quarter. I said, so there's no tooth fairy, it's you and mom. He goes, yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: okay.
0: And then I, it, it, Chris, and so there's no tooth fairy, there's no way there's an Easter bunny. There is no bunny delivering chocolates. He goes, no. I said, okay, that makes sense, I tried that though. And then I, it came over me, I said, there's no Santa Claus, and my dad yelled, Leslie! Because he's like, I'm not dealing with this anymore, and your mother's gonna deal with this. And she said, Santa Claus is the spirit of Christmas. That's what parents tell you when you're that you're being let down slowly and being brought into the conspiracy. Don't you tell your little brother. I think my brother faked it till he was eleven to get better presents, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Smart ass older brothers like I'm fly. there's no Santa Claus, that's completely illogical. So we won't ever really know if there is no Santa Claus or Santa. We don't know. But if we do, H O will be true or H A would be true. We either don't reject the null hypothesis, that's the decision we make, or we reject the null hypothesis. So, if H.O. is true, see that? See, that's cooler than PowerPoint, isn't it? If H.O. is true, and you don't reject H.O., we've made a correct decision. An exceedingly uninteresting, typically, correct decision. It's important to know, but people don't tend to care about negative results. Right? People don't tend to care. They should care more, do they? On the other hand... What if we reject their job and he goes through? What if we say there's cold fusion? <laughs> there's no cold fusion. You guys, again, probably a little bit too young to remember that. Yeah, for sure. I was in grad school, so in grad school. We've got tons of flesh. We came up with this thing that says, we can do nuclear fusion at room temperature in a thing of water. It's not quite that simple, but pretty much. And this would have been a revolution. We would not the All energy things would be no... Nobody would be going, no blood for oil. People would be going, everybody's got energy. Everything would be great. Turns out, it's a crock. Sadly, because it would have been very cool. It would have been very cool. What was down there is we did a type 1 error. He's got a name. He's got a name for it. He made a type 1 error. That's a false false positive. Right? Many of us throughout our lives will, and many of you probably have, dealt with pregnancy tests. And they aren't always right. And depending on if you want a kid or not, false positive is a pretty scary thing. Or a wonderful thing that then turns out to be shitty because you're not actually to get Right? So we reject the whole hypothesis. I'm pregnant! But you're actually not pregnant. False positive. You will do another test. You find out I'm not. Then you do like four or five more, and you're know, like, I guess I'm not pregnant. But you make false positives. This can happen with all kinds of tests. And in fact, things like, I'm mean, test like that home pregnancy tests. Uh, have to actually have the false positive very printed on them. They're very small typically, by the way. But they do happen. Now, what if HA is true? What if there is a Santa? What if you are pregnant? What if you're pregnant with Santa's baby? <laughs> I don't know. I thought I'd match it two up. Well. Then O.J. Simpson comes along and tells you both. Uh, Let's <laughs> putting it all together now. It's, it's a strange mixture at this point. It's disturbing if you think about it, so let's move on. <laughs> um, so HA is true, but you don't reject it. That's a false negative. Right? It's called type 2 error. These are actually typically more likely than type 1 errors. And you might think, well, that's not good. Actually, it's, it is good because somebody else will find out the truth, how the world works. Right? Someone else... If this is actually true, someone will go find evidence. You'll be okay. The only sad thing is you don't get the publication. But you missed it. So it's a type 2 error. This is what we're shooting for. You're pregnant and you find out you're pregnant. There's a Santa and you go to North Pole and you go, oh my he's right there! It's not a conspiracy. You know, like how every movie ends at Christmas. I want to make a skeptical guide to the Christmas movie. You know what I mean? I have like have a Christmas movie where a guy just says there's no Santa, and there's no Santa, and his kids are fine, everybody's happy, and there's no Christmas. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a heartwarming tale. <laughs> it's, uh, you're pregnant, you finally pregnant. You're guilty, you're guilty. That's a correct decision. That's the, that's the one we want. Because why do we set up experiments? We set up experiments to find out there's a difference between groups. That x caused y That's x caused y We want that. So again, we got a correct decision. When H O was struggling to reject, um, we did not reject H O. It's an uninteresting correct decision, but it's a correct decision. Whoops. And then the other. Other qu- questions. You understand those those two kinds of errors, type 1 error, the false positive, type 2 error, false negative. There's two kinds of correct decisions, HO true, do not reject HO, and HA true, reject HO. Note I never said accept anything. You reject HO or you don't reject HO. Okay. Now, we actually have some control over this. We actually set the probability of a type 1 error. We set it typically at 0.05. There's a 5% chance we're wrong. And with a thing like a pregnancy test, it'll actually tell you on the side uh, of the package, and it's not 5%. Those things tend to be like 0001. I think they try to work out things like that 001. But if you're buying a pregnancy test, in all honesty, um, spend the extra money on the one that has more nines in its certainty. 99.9999. You want more nines? Okay. Then go to a doctor anyway, you know you have to go to a doctor because you're pregnant. But with the child inside you, it's sort of an alien kind of feeling. That's been explained to me. So we set the probability, and typically we're not dealing with things that are as earth shattering as somebody having a baby, so we can go with five percent. Oh, alpha. That's a Greek letter, alpha. That's a small alpha. That's the probability of a type 1 error is called alpha. Alpha equals 0.05. You might even see that in a paper sometime. You might see probability of type 1 error equals 0.05. You might see alpha level of 0.05. You see all kinds of things. When you see that in a paper, they will tell you what their alpha level is. See, this is the thing. As I said, unlike whenever we make other guesses in life, here we know the chance that we make at least one kind of error. Probably the probability of a type 2 error depends on a few things. It depends on the number of subjects or observations, it depends on the actual population standard deviation, and it depends on alpha. And that's called beta, the probability of a false negative, or at least called beta. don't set that. It depends on these three things. And you might take a look and go, okay, I know what that is. I, I collected the data. I know what that is. It's probably that. How do I know the population standard deviation? You don't. So you have to really make a guess. Here. You can make a very good guess. And we'll talk about power in a couple weeks. But so you can make a guess, but it, it's hard. You don't know this. It's a population parameter. A population parameters are almost always unknown. You know, a good definition of population parameter, a usually unknown number that describes a population. Okay, questions so far? So this is what depends on. We have more subjects we had less chance of type 2 error. Right? We have smaller standard deviation, less chance of type 2 error. Right? And we'll talk about in, it. In, in, uh, sorry. And in, in, in alpha, uh, the smaller the alpha, the less chance of type 2 error. We'll play with that as we go along. And we'll talk about it specifically when we talk about power. Now, Power is the probability of making the correct projection when HA is true. That's 1 minus beta. We want that to be as big as possible because we want to find stuff out, we want to see stuff that's actually there. So we want to make 1 minus beta big. How do we do that? Make beta small. Well, we want to make error unlikely and things we're looking for really likely. That's you know, makes some sense. Question so far? Are you okay, Still? Open? Okay. What should we set alpha at? Well, 0.05! <laughs> um, that's all because of Fisher, RA Fisher. R.A. Fisher was a hell of guy. R. a guy. R.A. Fisher invented analysis of variance. R.A. Fisher invented split-plot research designs. R.A. Fisher was the first person to come up with a kin selection model, uh, if you know some biology. R.A. Fisher was a pretty important guy. Um, R.A. Fisher actually thought that... See, the, the null hypothesis is a strong man. We're trying to break it down. There's no difference between these two groups. Right? You, you know there's a difference. You wouldn't run the experiment if you think there's a difference or look for one. So it's really a strong end <laughs> Fisher kind of thought of it was a real thing. Um, that's one thing. On the other hand, it's also the case that why do we have 0.05? Fisher and Tukey were two guys who were working on this. right? Remember Tukey was the for data analysis. Fisher and Tukey were both working on what's called the F-distribution used for analysis variance. And one of them uh, sent a message to the other. I guess it was a telegram, because this was a long time ago. It wasn't an email. It wasn't a Twitter post. It wasn't a post on his Facebook wall. And Tukey asked Fisher, what percentage of a- point are your graduate students working on for the F distribution? They were working these out by hand with accountants. And Fisher replied, 0.05. He said, OK, good. I'll, I'll work on that, too. We can work on it together. And that's why we use 0.05. It's completely and utterly arbitrary. That's why we say, you know, this poll is accurate, uh, plus or minus so many percentage points. Nineteen times out of twenty, that's .05. The reason is because two guys thought five out of hundred was a good place to start. It's completely arbitrary and exceedingly annoying. Mm-hmm. Because why is .05 better than .06 or .04? I think you might look more flexible. Because um, there are times when you would want to use, be really, with cold fusion, you would want to be less than 0.05, you would be less than 0.00001. Because you're going to change about how everybody thinks about physics, you probably better be pretty damn sure. If you want to go out and say there are psychics, you better be better than 0.05, because no one's found a psychic yet. So if you do it to 5%, I think you probably want to go around 0.001, one in a thousand, right? One in a million. On the other hand, a public health issue. What are a public health issue? In corner of Newfoundland where I one. used to live, every year, uh, every spring, there was a boil order on the water, or a order, as they say there, because they talk funny in Newfoundland. And it was because of Giardia, which is a really unpleasant thing. It's, from beaver poop that gets in the runoff, called beaver fever, people call it. And you basically, it can kill you if you're really young or, or old. Mostly it just makes you have a lot of diarrhea. It's very unpleasant. It's boil, they put a boil over it. Now look, would I want some guy who's reading a test to go, yes, that's Well, it's 0.06. No effect. Water's safe. Now I want him going around 0.2. A little inconvenience, so I have to boil my water. Is better than me pooping myself to death, right? On the other hand, if I'm going to say there are psychics, let's just go the other way. This is a quote, in fact, from an editor of the journal *Journal of Experimental Psychology: Animal Behavior Processes*. It's written to me, I talked about it. Th- I, was gonna, I was honest. I said it was point oh five oh four probability of a my alpha was .0504. I looked it up in a table, well, not a table, but I computed it. And I went on to, because it went along with everything else I said. I, I hypothesized in this paper. I thought, well, if everything else is, is patterns there, and this is .0504, I'm just going to be honest and say that, but I'm going to discuss it. I was told not to discuss non-significant effects. I just about got on a plane to where that person is, and I know the person. And beat the person to death with a stick, but I didn't because that would be bad for my career. It was a that point. so what eventually I just took the comment you out, and 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 now I tell the story all the time. Let's That's give me a story. So I think there are times when we we should be flexible, and you're seeing more of that in, in, in science where people are saying, "Look, well, it's 0.06, but look, it goes along with everything else I found." What's the problem here? On the other hand, if it's like point .3, you look at it, let's see, it's 30% chance it's uh, type water, I, I'm sorry, I don't feel confident in anything. I don't care if it went in the same direction. So you do a little bit more. I think you should be flexible. So like I said, public health issues, for example, I, I don't care about false positives. I, to a two points. I don't want people scared of everything. But something like something as simple as you have to boil your water for five minutes before you drink it, oh, tough life. Or put in a, a filtration. We eventually, our put in a filtration system because it's like I was getting sick of boiling water all the time. And we didn't get the local newspaper. Didn't listen to local radio because it sucked. So I find out like a day later after the boiler would happen. Kids have a note home from school. By the way, don't drink the water. Oh, great! I remember when we came back here with a visit. My daughter said. Yeah, yeah, uh, she was in London and she was running her bath. She was, clear, she was like sad. She said, "The water's funny." I said, "Yeah, it's clear. Water here in Ontario is clear." <laughs> it's not funny. This is correct. It's weird at home. All right. Okay. Have any questions? It's a lot of stuff we're packing in for today. Quiz on Thursday. I think that's.